Guys, gals, and non-binary powers, welcome to Driving You Homo, the radio show, podcast, YouTube extravaganza, where we delve into everything within the queer sphere that you need to hear. So, let's get started. As always, I'm Wayne Carter, cabaret burlesque comedian, radio presenter, and all-round drag shambles, and this week, I'm joined in the virtual studios by lactose-free, uh, Brighton Diva, <laughs> I, I can't remember, it's Dick Day, everyone. Are you... Dick, are you are you lactose free or are you like full calcium? Are you full fat? Um, I, I mean, I've gone through ups and downs with diet things. Mm. I I was a vegan for a good year and a half, and well, no one's perfect, I, though. Yeah, but I've stopped, but also still trying to be better. But you know, like it's a, I don't drink milk still. The- I get a jiffy. <laughs> I get a, is chippy tummy the right word? I don't, is that like a thing? <laughs> Anytime anyone says something and I don't understand the context, I always go, I'm Australian. It must be an English thing. I just, well, over my head. If I drink milk, especially in the morning, I can, I can have terrible gas. Ooh, so She's a gassy queen. I am a gassy queen. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, gassy queen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, so Dick, we met, um, oh, it must have been a couple of years ago now, one or two years ago. 2018 it would have been. Oh, jeez, that feels, that's depressing for me. Um, Really long ago. uh, We met on uh, a a competition, a drag competition show, which some would say you did relatively well in, um, (laughs) called The Gold Rush. Uh, Uh, can you remember um, what happened? Tell us about that journey. Um, I mean, it's a bit of a blur. I mean, I did I did quite well, I guess. Yeah, you did, um, you did quite well. Yeah. No, no, no was... not as well as me, obviously, but like, <laughs> obviously. you know, yeah, you did all right. Um, Stand out of the group, Wayne Carter. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> for those playing the home game, Dick Day was the winner of season one of The Gold Rush and uh, did absolutely... <laughs> Raise the roof, um, So you did phenomenally well, uh, well deserved. Um, uh, how how was that feeling? Like, okay, first question I have is why did you decide to enter? And then second question was like, how was the journey in the competition? Uh, I mean, I entered because I mean I'm from Brighton and it's uh, it's quite hard to break out anywhere in Brighton. They had like these little competitions going on and then mm-hmm. once you do well in that like there's there's nowhere to go there's not as much opportunity to perform and get regularly booked as people might think being mm-hmm. the gay capital of the UK but it still is and always will be I think the same faces being booked a lot and in they have residencies so you just can't get in there yeah um so I was like well I need to get to London but this is maybe like a year into doing drag for me and I tried and I was like, cool, I've done that, but there's nothing else for me to do. I'm not good enough to be a resident anywhere yet. So I was like, I'll see what's going on in London. And I saw Taylor's post about the gold rush Mm -hmm. and I messaged her about doing it first and was like, oh, do you think like coming from Brighton would be okay? Like blah, blah, blah. And Taylor, as always, very supportive and just told me to kind of go for it. Um, But I was really lucky, though, because to do it, I had to rely on 
a friend that would be able to drive me most mm. of the time because it's so far away and the glory isn't easy to get to from Brighton. Yeah. It's kind of a bit of a, I mean, it's not difficult, but it's not easy like yeah. to get the train and drag to then get the tube and drag and then the overground and drag and then get there and then also have to leave on time to not yeah. miss the train home. So I had to rely on a friend to basically agree to drive me most of the time. So if it, if she didn't say, yes, I can take you, then I wouldn't have done it. So mm. I owe a lot to that lady. Um, but I chose to do it, yeah, to kind of break out of the scene that I wasn't really involved in and to be better and better myself and get a name in London, really. And and do you think you have gotten better? Do you think you've gotten worse? Do you think you've changed do you, since like you've done the competition? The gold rush gave me um, self worth in drag. Mm. To be honest, I was I knew I mean pictures of me in the gold rush. I wouldn't say I was the most beautiful looking queen. Well, obviously that was um, obviously <laughs> you were very hard competition in that field. <laughs> um, but I knew that I could perform and that was what I wanted to do and that was why I love yeah. drag. It's like an escapism for me to put all this on and just not be me for a bit. I'm a bit of an anxious creature, but this mm. this releases it. Um, makes me much more comfortable and confident to be just a bit more like loud than that. So Well it just well in saying that, like so so for me, when I get in drag or when I start performing and like yours has evolved, mine has evolved as well. Um, and uh, you you just touched on something really interesting that um, I get the question a lot is, um, especially with a drag performer, is, um, oh, can you put on your drag voice or can you put on your drag persona? Do you, there are some people that have that sort of, like Taylor Trash, obviously, host of the Gold mm -hmm. Rush. She has a very distinct character arc with who she is in drag yeah. and out of drag. Do you feel like Dick Day has that kind of a vibe that Taylor has where it's once you're in drag, this is a persona or is it kind of like a heightened version of yourself? Um, it's, it is definitely just a heightened version of myself, although I have thought about adapting into creating a different persona as Dick Day, but not changing who I am and what I do, mm -hmm. but just so I have that separation of confidence where I can start to maybe feel like more confident just as myself without this, but then when I put this on, I'm a character at the mm -hmm. same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a little bit, like bits and pieces, like throw in like uh, little bits of yourself while also like throwing in character moments and stuff. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I get that. Um, so, and you said um, you're an anxious creature. I am also blessed with the anxiety. I, I suffer from that. It's a fun time. <laughs> Mental yes, health. Great. Uh, so, do you feel like for someone with mental health issues or mental illness or um, anxiety or depression or so something like that, do you feel like mm -hmm. doing drag or performing in general? Because it's this weird double-edged sword for me because um, it's, like you said before, it's something that is really, like, it throws you uh, all this confidence and it exudes all this sort of extroverted personality. But then there's those moments where um, you feel less than based on 
other people. So like, for example, I'll use you as an example, uh, you and me, um, I've been like watching your recent drag creations and you've been elevating your drag and you're doing an amazingly great job and I'm very proud of you. But also it's something that is makes me jealous and envious and then it mm-hmm. makes me look back and self-internalise and go, why aren't I doing as well as Dick? And then that comparing, do you feel like... I mean, you have to realise that um, for me, I've been doing drag maybe like four years now. Mm. And in the last year is only when I've kind of, all of a sudden, everything started to kind of come together for me. Yeah. But up to that point, like, I wouldn't say I looked good in drag. Like, that's why I kind of relied on my character more so. Mm. Um, and that's what got me the personality part. But now I'm getting the look part to go with it. Um, but you just have to not compare yourself on someone else's look. Yeah. Because... I mean, how long have you started really trying makeup? Six months, maybe? How dare you? Um, Sorry. I've been doing it for you. No, but like, no, that's the the tea, though. That's exactly the tea is um, even if you hadn't been. So like I had someone and this is full tea. I had someone slide into my Instagram DMs. I was like, oh, my God, I love your drag. I was like, I've been doing it for two and a half minutes. But then they were like, oh, here's my drag looks. And I was like, okay, cute. And they were very, they're very new to drag. Like they've only started really doing like makeup looks since the lockdown happened. And then, and then they started critiquing my looks. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, oh, like, okay. What were they gaining from doing that? Is it like they wanted you to compliment them because they complimented you? Well, so they or... they weren't complimenting me. They were saying, "Oh, you could have like blended more, or you could have done this better, or you could." Have done... I was like, mm-hmm. "Babe, I can see your drag, and I all drag is valid, except for your drag because it's disgusting." But like, I didn't want to say that because, like, you know, they're a baby, a baby performer, it's and, new. and it's a new. It thing takes for them. time. Oh my god, I would never ever dream of criticizing someone else's makeup, especially knowing that my makeup skills are basically me teaching myself what looks good and what doesn't and then like trying not to f- every time like yeah something goes wrong every time though I'm never like there's only been a few times where I'm like oh wow okay I did everything looks okay but I'm not good at symmetry I have literally I'm literally just like okay <laughs> okay yeah you've got okay. this you've got this okay. now the left now the right yeah. you've got this I literally do it one side by one side because I'm like well like, if I go like I'm not going to be able to do it yeah so I just kind of put it on if it looks nice, it looks nice enough for me. I don't really care if it looks perfect because mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. But, but I mean, but I, I think you can you, sell it. You can sell anything. Well, that's Wait, what I was going to say. Yeah. Like you, 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 you said you organised the performing thing, or you've been performing for years, and now you're working on the look. And mm-hmm. I think every performer has their own, or every drag artist has their own sort of journey. Um, mm-hmm. and you started with the performing and you're you're working on the look while other people have the look down and are working on their performing and there's no I guess right or wrong way to yeah the, the I mean journey. there's so many different types of drag and drag queens that for me drag is about performance but that's just my personal mm-hmm. thing like I see drag as a drag performer but others see drag as like a more 
as a look and a transformation mm-hmm. but for me it's the whole thing like if i go to a show and someone looks great but they can't they don't perform very well then i'm less interested than yeah. the person that looks a bit rough around the edges but abs- makes me cackle or feel something is much more up my street but that's my personal preference and yeah as the boules as two people say drag is very subjective and it's up to the person who's doing it to really convey what they want through it yeah no i fully agree i think our any art form is subjective and as long as you're recognizing and acknowledging what you're doing and you're giving a hundred percent of your energy to that mm. and if that means like comedy or like performing or serious moments then great oh, if that means yeah yeah that art art oh. uh, um that kind of stuff but then also on the on the reverse side if you're a like high fashion look queen and you want to pull out like unstoppable glamour shots where you like you know instagram famous you're an influencer and you mm-hmm. like you, you make up a smashed on your face to the point where like it's you know beautiful like great you know yeah like, there's no there's no shame in that and i fully appreciate that as well like i follow loads of accounts that do that and i know some people that do do that and i absolutely adore them and love what they do mm. um earlier i was more talking about seeing a show yeah um is very much for me if they perform they perform if they don't i'm like mm. but um yeah online i think if you're a look queen that's great i jealous and you all look fabulous all the time yeah oh i hate that like i was i was talking to a a friend of mine and i posted um a a picture of me um that was heavily photoshopped and a picture of me that was not photoshopped at all and because because uh, a friend of mine was like she took my original photo and she facetuned it and she was like oh this is what a lot of performers do like I could name like five, right. ten performers who take their OG picture and then face tune it to the point where it's unrecognizable. And so on uh, my drag account, I've got this picture side by side of something that is completely um, yeah. unrecognizable. But there are, and I posted this, and I uh, I posted this on a Facebook makeup artist facebook group and ask the question is this like the before and after situation is this something we should be doing should we be posting these pictures the real one or the fake one and then it's really interesting to um the conversations that were sparked based on that it was really telling Mm. um do you do when you post especially now that you're taking a little bit more time and care when it comes to your makeup do you Mm when you post online are you making sure to uh put it through a filter beforehand like little bits and pieces or do you um, keep it completely un- I, don't, I don't change uh my makeup or my face shape or anything to do with my body shape i don't change i to be honest i don't know how to do that and if i did it it would look so shit if i tried yes yeah, so but i don't feel the need to do that anyway this is what i look like this is how i've done my makeup and if i edit it so it doesn't look like me then that's not me and that's not who I'm trying to convey Mm. um so by me trying to elevate my look I'm not trying to change 
my drag persona and my drag character. I just want to have, I just want to have it all and just be the best me I can be. And I know, even though I've elevated recently, I know that there's more to go and more farther to go. Like it's, it never, it never stops, does it? Like you never exactly. like, oh, that was perfect. I can quit now. Like, so it's all about improvement. But no, I don't change anything other than I like to put like a, a grainy sort of film photography filter on my pictures and give it the old school kind of feel. And I do light and my face in them. So I edit it that way to make myself look better in the conditions of the picture. Yeah. But I don't change my shape or features. Yeah. No, no I, I'm more or less the same. I do. I've, I've learned how to sort of smoothen some edges so like yeah. I'm, I'm blessed Ooh, I with, love a smooth effect I, I, I'm, I'm blessed with a few little wrinkles so I just sort of <laughs> I smoothen those out but aside from that everything else is pretty much me um, so can you give a quick synopsis or quick like a snippet of your like what is your drag if I so if I didn't know you if I had never seen you perform Dick Day is a what kind of performer a performer, Dick Day, is an energetic, eccentric clown. Mm -hmm. Done. I okay, great. Both... <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, I said, I <laughs> just, no, it was succinct. It was great. Uh, I mean, no, so you're no. I would, I would agree. You're you're a high energy, camp clown, ridiculous, um, uh, very silly, maybe surreal. Like, do you, like. Yeah. Who who do you who do you have any inspirations or do you have people like not just within drag but like who are the people that sort of influence your performing styles? Do you, do you um, have anyone? That's really hard. In all honesty, like I never really think about stuff like that. I oh god, I sound so self-absorbed. Don't I? Like, <laughs> I think of an idea yeah. and then I do it. I don't like think about how anyone else would move or mm. expressionize. Like I just kind of like, I make something cause that's what I want to make. And that's what I think will be funny. And yeah. I think it's funny. Otherwise I wouldn't perform it. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't make something that I don't think I could sell. Yeah. For instance, like some people do serious extremely well. But for me to stand on the stage and try and be serious is just something I would not be able to to do for three to five minutes on a stage. I would not be able to hold their attention because I'd just be like, oh, God, I just want to do something silly. I think for me, that's what entertainment is. What being silly? For my, what I want to show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, I think performing in general, I think is like, I think you said it before, is just like, um, captivating, making the audience eat it, make the audience just like be salivating, like, like yeah. regardless of what you're doing, if they are focused 100% on what you're doing, and if that means provoking a, an emotion, whichever emotion it is, then yeah, then you're doing something right, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fully. Um, how how is your so we're we're blessed in that we are in uh, the lockdown. We are in the lockdown um, uh, for coronavirus. How has your lockdown been? Are you are you keeping well? Are you keeping safe? Um, I mean, my lockdown's been very different to a lot of people's. 
Um, but I think everyone has their own thing. Like no one's is the same, even if you're going through similar experiences, but mm -hmm. I have been working the whole time. Um, oh. so even in two weeks in the actual lockdown, I was at work, um, because my, like, as people call muggle job, my daytime job, mm -hmm. um, was in the loophole of what was allowed to be work like i'm not a, i'm not a nurse or anything i'm not like essential in my in my eyes um but because i work for an online store and i work in the warehouse department of that scenario i had to go to work because yeah. people were still buying things that online shopping was still allowed so it's kind of bittersweet in the way that i was going to work all the time everyone was off work kind of uh so to speak having a mini holiday i guess even though yeah i know for a lot of people freelance wise they're not getting paid so it's not a holiday it's very stressful mm -hmm. um but for me knowing a lot of people that aren't freelancers just kind of off work for five months i, I got a bit jealous i have to say yeah but um i mean my my boyfriend was freelancer he got dropped from his jobs a lot um so he's not been working so his wage isn't coming in so very lucky that i have mine mm -hmm. um so it's kind of it's it's fine but <laughs> it hasn't felt the same for me as everyone else because i haven't been going mad at home i've been going to work yeah coming home so it's just been like normal <laughs> like even though lockdowns happened you've been like still living that life uh it's weird it's not it's not been normal because I've been going to work, but then when it's actual lockdown, so I have to get up, go to work, come home. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's kind of no release of, or relief of going to work. Like I still don't have enough time in the evenings to like really do what I want by the time I get home and have dinner and sit down, mm -hmm. like give me two hours and I need to go to bed to be honest, cause I'm old. So I don't have the, time to just still do the things i want and then two days off at the weekend i'm like oh i need to do this 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 isn't this <laughs> and also socialize now now that we're allowed to yeah well exactly uh, i haven't seen anyone in the flesh in oh since march so yeah so i'm like um, How, is is that for any particular reason? Or... I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed in that I have a pre-existing lung condition. So I've been really okay. cautious about, like, making sure to okay. keep myself safe um, from yeah. those situations. But, um, yeah, like, it's, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a real interesting journey. And I don't think, like you said, anyone's, uh, anyone's lockdown has been quite the same. And mm -hmm. there are people in your situation where you uh, are quite fortunate in that you have a job... Um, that is, you know, keeping you um, financially afloat while some people maybe don't have that. Um, but then also the flip side, like what you were saying, is that, um, you know, it makes you a bit sad or jealous or envious that some people are getting this sort of paid holiday, essentially. Um, but um, And also, like, while I'm at work, it's not 
it's not the same like we have to socially distance like i have to wear latex gloves and in this heat ugh, awful yeah. all day um it's one in one out on the toilets we can't socialize at lunch like we have to one in one out on the kitchen like it's one in very one, one in one out on the toilet I, I, yeah. mean, I don't i mean i i don't often use restrooms in public spaces but this is work i well how what do you do and why do, why are you going into the toilet with more than one person what are you doing with these with your co-workers it's not like one isolated cubicle like there's <laughs> bathrooms then oh. you would go in there's two two stools as in the cubicles not just poos yeah and then there's two urinals and then there's a a a female assigned toilet as well wonderful so what you're okay, saying we're is not blessed with gender neutral toilets at our workplace so so what you're saying is there are the the bathroom area or the the wc and then there's the actual toilet themselves. Yes. So the stressful thing is when there's someone in there and you have to wait, you know there's there's three 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 yeah. free toilets in there. You can't go in. And then honestly, the it's the kick of the bucket. I think I just made that up as a saying. The kick of the bucket is that if someone's forgotten to change the like engage sign, you're just stood there nearly weeing yourself for five minutes and then you have to like check if someone's in there and then there's no one in there and, <laughs> and you could just, have gone it, in, been uh, and gone. Kind of drama is this? I, in fairness, I can't, I, I, I'm a, I, I can't relieve myself in the number ones or the number twos in social situations. It's not something I'm, I've never been, what if you're at a bar or something like that? Like, no, there'll be none of that. There'll be none of that. You can't tiddle if you need to tiddle after a few drinks. No, there'll be none of that. No, no I'll Just wait. Just because of well, I mean, anxiety? I think, or... I, think, I think that maybe that. I think maybe you're right in that it's maybe a bit of anxious stuff. But also I think I'm like Cher or Madonna. Like, I don't imagine Cher or Madonna oh, going to the toilet. Sharing that toilet. Yeah. Cher doesn't go to the toilet. She gets, like, once a month, she gets it all, like, flushed out. <laughs> I'm like that. Like, that's... that's... Go near it, down there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can't imagine, like, I, 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 I can't imagine ever sort of sharing a space with someone going to the toilet. And it's, it's kind of an alien pro uh, thing for me. But, I mean, uh, currently it's one in, one out everywhere, I believe. So yeah, well, you'd be fine. Maybe. Excellent. Okay. I, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait to go to the toilet in public. So, like, okay, I don't want to press if you don't want me to. Like, we no, press away. So, what happens if you do need the toilet when you're out? I mean, I have gone to the toilet in public spaces, but I am very sort of. I wait very carefully for like no one to be in there and then if someone is in there then i just like like number two is never like it's just not happening which i guess that's maybe slightly normal for some people number ones yeah, number yeah. ones i will for wee wees um i will wee -wee. Uh, wee -wee, um i will wait until no one's in the room and then i'll go um 
but then like so i've actively in multiple times i've walked into a toilet or a bath bathroom seen people in there and gone no nope, i'll wait and then i'll go and like and i'll wait yeah. and do it later i just i can't it's oh my god what ha- what happens if you're going and someone walks in? Oh no! Well, I'll be in the, yeah. the cubicle, I guess. So you just be like, yeah. Oh. I would never, I would never use a, I would never use a urinal. Like it's okay. it's just never happening. Um, and I'm usually I'm usually in spaces that are pretty gender neutral. Um, so I yeah. usually go in the women's or the like. I go in the cubicle. Female assigned. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so I don't, um, even, well, even like the non-gender neutral ones, I go in, like, if it's like, I guess I, I'm always weird, like, and like when I hear that, like America and how they're doing the whole, um, when they, they get up in arms about how trans people can't use that bathroom bill or that bathroom thing, I'm, I'm, I quite often, um, go into female assigned bathrooms because I feel more comfortable even though I identify as male I feel more comfortable in the female assigned one uh, bathrooms because they just seem safer cleaner more yeah Yeah. so um so I usually go into those but only in spaces that are like kind of yeah you wouldn't like go to the train station female toilets well yeah i yeah so like i i, I if i was at a football ground i wouldn't go if i was at a football ground could you imagine <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah real yeah. season pass ready have you yeah i'm so ready to go <laughs> um like i wouldn't go into the female the female restrooms there but like um yeah it depends on the it depends on the place and the location i i i judgment call it but um yeah yeah, that's a weird tangent that we've gone. Toilet talk. Toilets. Toilet talk. Honestly, honest to God, I always talk toilets, and I don't know how it happens. I don't know why. Uh, well, just I, toilet toilet humor seems to get me. That well, I when I went to school, I don't know about you, but um, the the secondary school I went to, I, I changed schools when I was in tenth uh, grade, and. Mm. Uh, I had to sort of make friends with all these new people and I was sort of thrown into this leftover group and the leftover group was all these, like a, a mishmash of like goths and geeks and nerds and freaks and we like every, everyone who didn't sort of fit into yeah, yeah. the the dynamics of like the jock or the, I know exactly you know. the group you're talking about and yeah. I know exactly where they used to hang out in my old college and everything. Yeah, yeah. so that, <laughs> that group of people, um, we used to hang out behind the toilets and the reason we used to hang out behind the toilets is because there was a couple of them that used to smoke and they used right. to smoke into, like, there was a a, a great, like, a, a space where they could throw the cigarettes into the toilet um, and then sort of go, like, oh, someone's smoking in the toilet. And then they could get away with, like, like not being, not the, being one the one smoking. So, okay. yeah, it was a, that was a journey. Throwing lit cigarettes into a room. Great. Good stuff. Well, that was that was my my childhood. Um, Have so why you said that you um, the drag has helped you with your anxiety and it's helped you with your mental health and stuff like that. Is that 
the main motivating factor like why did you so for me um, I got into performing and it's sort of just, it's all just sort of I've been a roller coaster and it just sort of one thing has led on to another yeah what was your journey how did you go I'm doing drag uh in like my anxiety and other things that stem because of it and from it has only been in maybe the last the last two years maybe I've only just noticed it so when I started drag I was very much in a different place and headspace Mm -hmm. um but I started because um it's a really weird situation where like ex-boyfriends of mine have actually discussed it I was like oh I'm really interested in in this and this is like not pre-drag race because I'm too young to say I'm pre-drag race but it was very in like the midst of it wasn't really popular in my circles yet but I'd seen it and I was like oh my god what is this yeah and I was very interested in it and I started to think about like oh well I actually do these things like I was already dancing in my bedrooms and singing along to songs like but I can't sing so I would mime along to the songs I was always doing that and I did that when I was a child um I remember this one specific time I had a bamboo stick and I was dancing with it to Liberty X work just a little bit and I was like pole dancing with this bamboo stick as if I was in Liberty X and like my brother walks in and I was just like I just threw this bamboo stick and I was like hello like actually nothing happened um so I've always had that kind of dancey performy thing within me and Mm -hmm. then obviously I was like well that's not anything that's just whatever and then I saw like drag queens and I was like oh that's kind of what I do but I don't dress up and so I moved to Brighton and Mm -hmm. it still wasn't really on the cards for me to start drag and then there's a competition in Brighton called Lip Sync For Your Life Mm -hmm. which is obviously based off of Drag Race and you go and you lip sync and perform and then someone wins every week and after eight weeks there's a grand final and someone wins and I just like on my first night in Brighton it was I met up with some friends and we got drunk and we went and this night just happened to be on and they were like dick dick do it do it and I did it and I like got to the top two of the heat and I was just like oh my god what was that and I just loved it and I went back every season and then I kind of realized like oh well I'm obviously never going to win like or anything because I'm not in not in drag this is a drag competition at its core yeah and so I was like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to give it a go then. Cause I... So were you doing that out of, like, out of face? You were just doing that in... Out of, I really enjoyed performing and yeah. I wasn't a drag queen. I was just a boy who loved to lip sync and perform. Right. So that's where I say, like, performance came first for me, 100%. Yeah. Um, Which is why my look has kind of tailed behind, because I started getting into performing and like the idea of making numbers and making like a humorous event Mm -hmm. was before I started to do drag so I think that's where my look also stems from it's a bit more performative and clowny rather than glamorous because well I think that's I I mean this look is pretty I don't see clown with this look I see 
I was like, oh, God, I know. Oh, damn it's it. like, oh, oh, I can't believe it. I'm beautiful this time. Tell like, me another uh, one. Uh, uh, so who are, um, if I was to ask, I don't want you to shout out some names, but like, who because you, you said you moved to Brighton and I don't know outside of maybe you, but I know you because you came from, you came to London, uh, maybe Miss Disney. I know she's based in Brighton. Um, but she's again, the, she was the my weekly driver. Yeah. That, so she, yeah. and so I know her from not only her being there, but also like coming to a lot of events based in London. And so we become friends and I know her from London. But um, so her, um, yourself, Felix Lafreak, um, again, to London. Yeah. Again, from London. So I've, I've never actually physically been to Brighton yet. Um, are there any, uh, someone else that I'm forgetting? Is it, I mean, there's, or baby, baby is the first something. Baby. Yep. Cinderella and stuff. Um, big names from Brighton are Alfie Ordinary. Again. Uh, Lydia Lescapes is a very popular queen. Like, so who who were the like because you said when you first um uh got there got to brighton do you feel like because i feel okay this is sliding away from that question um i feel like uh, and because this this is and you can answer it how you want to answer it but i feel london can be inclusive and can you can find a space to perform but then also you can find and I think you said this before about those there are performers that have their residencies and I think that happens in London as well where there are some doors that are maybe sometimes closed off to certain performers um, Mm -hmm. be them new or be them uh, alternative or not the right fit for the venue or for the, the night itself totally fine do you find, do you feel like there is a space in Brighton for you and for new performers? Do you think Brighton is? Um, Brighton at its core is old school drag. Mm. So most of the bars have the the old school camp singers, um, yeah. like, um just throwing names out miss jason yeah drag with no name um there's i mean there's loads of them caravan park caravan park is here that's the circuit is mostly them um and then you have the the revenge the revenge club has the newer queens so like they have lydia lascaby currently they have lydia lascaby's daphne rococo rob from finance um, Aaron Nosferatu and oh, I'm sorry, so I might have missed someone, but yeah, they're kind of the um, Therese, Therese Mongardi, great queen. Um, that's the kind of new school, but there's only one one club and one bar that does it. Yeah, and I mean, in all honesty, I had some shifts there doing shots for like three or four months last year, and I was so bad at it that I just basically like they were like, we don't. We don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're like, like we love you, gal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but like, there's, not. but there is a, there is a, um, there is a knack to that. So like hosting and like, so like you say, um, you're a performer. You get up on stage, you do a turn, 
to make people laugh. That is the thing that makes you you. I know there's people out there, and Mars is a, the one that comes to mind at the moment, is someone who can perform on stage, can turn a, turn a party in terms of that, but also is great at sort of being a host and can sort of stand at a door or hold some drinks and just be like, oh, hey, girl, and, like, just talk to anyone for no reason about whatever. Um, and maybe that's not in your wheelhouse, and it doesn't have yeah. to be. Yeah. Oh, I really, I did, I struggled so bad. There was, it was a, there was a boundary there. Yeah. And I tried so hard. I was honestly, like, I genuinely spoke to everyone that came in and I offered them the shots we were selling, but I just didn't, I didn't have the the pizzazz to really go like i just there was uh, oh god i hate i hated well, it i mean pretending to care about people is this skill and it's something yeah. that, like i mean like me right now it, i I'm, I'm pretending to care about you <laughs> and <laughs> uh, it, it seems so seamless but you know it, so, <laughs> no but it, it is it is it is something that um not everyone is skilled at doing and you don't have to be and that's again goes back to every drag has different every per, every person within the art of drag under the umbrella does something different um, the thing is is that was kind of the shoe in that was the way in yeah to to be in that like new drag elite circle so to speak like and i just felt like because i wasn't good at that part of it that it, that was it for me and mm-hmm. it's tough to now know where to go and what to do like that and the only step is really to create my own thing i don't think there's really room is re- to join anything dare i ask is revenge so is revenge because i've not been there um is it a club night situation with a couple of performers or uh, performer spots is that how it works yeah so um revenge is a nightclub and it also has a bar yeah. Um it ha it help it holds lip sync for your life here mm-hmm. and the bar in the club. They have a night called the powder room, which is where they get drag queen drag race queens in and right. they have resident resident performers. Yeah. And uh, well, the so- prize of winning lip sync for your life is to be an opening act for for, for the powder room. But um I mean once you've done it, you've done it. Like, yeah, they, it's not like a. Oh no, you're now on our books. We'll get you in. Yeah, because they have their residence, and that's fine. Like it's completely fine. Yeah, I think what I think is <laughs> you're like oh, <laughs> you're like oh, this is, I'm, 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 I, I feel like, great. That doesn't sound genuine at all. No, but like I, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of performing in the respect of there is. The moment when you're on stage, when you're performing and you can turn a party and you can wow a crowd, which you can do, I can do, we're great at, yeah. But also there's that skill of investing in humans that promoters and bookers and the people who work at the venue to, like, remind you. And you'd be like, hey, remember this face? Like, mm. like let's be friends because you want me in the future. And that is a skill in and of itself. And some people, sometimes myself included, um, do not really invest in people because you've got your own lives, you've got your own things to deal with. Maybe promoters sometimes, not 
just in LGBTQI venues, but um, but in uh, mainstream venues like in stand-up clubs, you don't want to talk to these, some of these people. Some of them are really, ugh, and you're like, yeah. you know, I, I've got my own things to deal with. But do you think rather than, because I've done this in the past, and there are venues that do this. So, like, I'm I'm thinking of Holly Stars at the moment, where Holly Stars does her um, show time of the month in the Phoenix Arts Club. Would you find a venue like a cabaret venue um, in Brighton? And because it, my thinking for you is you're more of a sit down cabaret performer style than going to a bar and. Is there venues like that in Brighton or not yet? There is, but you have to find the right one. Yeah. Um. So there's a few, but yeah, like, there's definitely a few that are good for it, but some of them aren't very as good as others, but that's <laughs> the same everywhere. And there's not yeah. that many. Either. That's not very clear, is it? But like, you it's know, just some are good, people. some are not. Yeah. No, it's like yeah it's just, i guess but everything's up in the air at the moment anyway mm. so the best thing for me to maybe do which this has definitely spurred that on is to start creating the idea of maybe something and then working towards it rather than well if you decide waiting. well if you decide to create something um a specific night and you need a messy hoe you know <laughs> that I am friends with Flick the Bean and she, <laughs> she'll, she'll be down in a heartbeat. Uh, but no, um, I, think, I think I did something similar in that I was getting frustrated, and this is before I, I did um, the Gold Rush, was I was getting frustrated in mainstream, because I wasn't really doing a lot of queer venues. I wasn't in gay bars or anything like that. I was doing mainstream mm. stand-up and I was getting frustrated with no no one taking me seriously or no one, like, validating what I was doing. So I decided to make my own things, but I was doing them in venues that weren't queer and I was bringing queer people into those spaces and making making it very, what's the word, like, obvious that it, we yeah. were taking over that space. But... Um, I think I think it's um, a plan, maybe for after lockdown eases. Is like so we're working. So like you've been working on your looks during this lockdown period. I've been working on our my looks during this lockdown period. After lockdown, after lockdown, whatever that means, inverted commas. Um, yeah, I wouldn't really call it lockdown anymore. Is it? It's more of after summer summer mistake. Uh, some of something. Yeah, sorry, I'm just pouring myself a drink. I'm also pretending sorry. to. I'm also pretending to care about my my liquids. Um, so when there is a semblance of normality within the UK, what do you think you are going to do in terms of your performing career? Like, what would you? What would the next step be for you? Uh, the next step for me it would be to go to events i think first like yeah. there's a few th like and just show 
people who I am more so in Brighton. Because the thing is that me, I I was really bad at going to things. And I know that now when I was always like, there was always a reason why I didn't go. Yeah. Um, but in I should have just gone, but now I know that. So when everything opens, I will go to these club nights where you can go dress up and do whatever, and I'll go watch shows. And I'm just going to consciously make the active decision to be more supportive of others. And it's, a, it's a tricky also, one. It's a tricky one. Yeah, but then also I like my own time <laughs> where I just come home and I sit down and I'm like, let's watch Desperate Housewives. We, I mean, you could you could watch Desperate Housewives in real life when you go to a gay bar or a queer bar. True. So I like, could be that Desperate Housewife. You are that Desperate Housewife, babe. You're wearing leopard print, like. And <laughs> um, so no, no, I, I, I get, I get your meaning. I get your frustration, and like, it, it's hard to both be supportive. Um, do you? Oh, yeah, maybe maybe you're the same because uh, there's a few things that are sort of like ringing in my mind when you are speaking about how you feel personally and I feel similarly. Um, do you, would you like to be in a collective? Would you like to be in a drag family? Would you like to be supported with other people? Or do you think you're more of a lone wolf and you want to like get your things and go? I think I'm more of a lone wolf, to be honest. I, I tried... I tried the drag family thing once it was we weren't a family but we created a club night that was happening while I was in the gold rush mm -hmm. um we created this monthly club night where we would have we would all perform every month because me and a few other people we were like look we're never going to get booked anywhere let's create a space where we can perform every month yeah. and also have fun so we started this club night and like it it's really hard to create an event with people that you're not that close with because you all have different viewpoints ideas and stances of yeah. what you think should happen and shouldn't happen mm -hmm. and ideas on even down to like music and stuff like that is it became an issue within our group and we kind of after six months like on our, our night was a flop basically but um we tried we gave it a good shot but we also had a lot of differences and frictions within the group just after six months of so that was six shows yeah and it was it was difficult and I don't ever want to be to feel that way again where I was like oh god I'm not looking forward to doing this mm -hmm. and because that's not what drag is for me so if I'm I love having drag friends don't get me wrong um I, what I you don't like me oh. <laughs> I have people I text and I'm like, oh, yay, like, we should do this and that. Um, and we can be, like, so to speak, sisters. But um, I wouldn't get involved in a drag family or collective again because I like to do my own thing and I want to... I've kind of realised maybe I'm a bit of a control freak where, like, I want to be able to be like, that's not right. And then that's fine. That that'll change rather mm -hmm. than like, that's not right. And someone comes back with me with like, yeah, but it might work. And I'll be like, no, it I won't. I know best. <laughs> Duh. Like, and I hate that thought of having that argument. All right, Veruca Soul, calm down. Uh, Sorry. No, no, <laughs> I, still, no, 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 no. Flashbacks of the flop nightclub. <laughs> uh, 
No, but I, I, I agree with you. I think it's um, there are there are pros and cons, and there are you you need to find like minded idiots, and I think yeah. you need I, I think I think I I feel a similar kind of way in my life in that I'm very much lone wolf, and I do things for myself, but then I occasionally throw a net out to people and go, hey, would you be interested in doing this? Would you like to collaborate? Would you like to share, mm-hmm. share some of your time in this yeah. avenue? So oh, I love collaborating. It really gives me a reason to think of ideas and make new things and do things like that. Of course, I love collaborating. Yeah. So so I, I have done that. I've So I took a club night up to Edinburgh Fringe and I essentially did it solo Um and I was like trying to like I wanted that collective, but mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find anyone that would like be willing to help me out. I had one person who came from Australia who was like going to be at the festival anyway, and and she helped me with like lighting, but that wasn't for the club night. That was like she was like, oh, I'll set up the lighting, and then like you can push right. these buttons, and then it's done. And I was like, okay, great. So I need to like. promote i need to promote the show i need to do the lighting for the show i need to do the djing for the show and then i need to like promote the show at the same like um yeah so like other people in is hard work and expensive and like that's when collaborating is hard when you have these ideas and you want it to be done yeah and then to explain that to someone else yeah it stresses me out just thinking about it um <laughs> speaking of uh stresses and things that are going on in the world um i have been reading i don't know if you're up to date in your news and current events but there is a famous high fashion lesbian um by the name of e- uh, ellen degeneres De- 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 <laughs> um she apparently has a a, a famous daytime talk show in uh, America, and uh, uh, she's been uh, under fire because uh, she seems to be a bit of a a bullbuster, yeah. or a bit of a care, bit of a bit of a hard boss to deal with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if it's happened yet or if it's going to happen, but there are talks um, from my understanding of getting her kicked out and getting her replaced with someone else my question to you is do you think she should be kicked out and if you do think she should be kicked out who should replace her um i haven't heard the as in like the last few days latest but i'm aware of things in the past that i've read and seen and heard Mm -hmm. so i know i know the situation um but uh it is difficult because it's kind of like, well, it's her show, mm-hmm. right? So who were they to kick her out? But also it must be funded by other people, I guess. But if the demand for her from the public is there, then there's no reason to kick her off. But also she should have the consequences of her terrible behaviour towards others. Um, my My question would be, if it was a cisgendered uh, or like a, a straight person or a male, um, would we have, be having the same conversation? That's where I find. Like, so, like, if it was, so James Corden, for example, and people are saying that uh, he should replace her on the midday talk show, but um, 
if Jane was came out as being a, a ball buster, a bit of a cow, a bit of a like high energy, terrible mm-hmm. boss, would we feel the same kind of way that we do for Ellen? Um, um, I mean, it would probably come under fire a lot quicker. Do you so think? I guess. So, like, if so, if James came out as being a hard ass boss, do you think uh-huh. he would get more, more like people going like get him fired than what Ellen has been getting? Yes, Ooh. I do. I'm the opposite. I think. I think. I think oh, really? Yeah. I think people would really. I think in this day and age, we're all a bit more woke to the the male privilege and everything. Mm-hmm. So much so that if he was like that, people would be like, "You're you're just being a dickhead," yeah. kind of thing. I think it would come under fire a lot quicker, but because of that really mm. i think people would not allow him to get away with it out of principle yeah no i i get that i get that um so you think so full stop ellen should keep her show but maybe should go into some sort of like hr or something well, she, yeah she needs help doesn't she i guess <laughs> but that's just because she's had everything she's wanted for god knows how long like it's it's like being a child star in a way, isn't it? Like mm. she's been told yes for so many years. She doesn't know that she actually can do wrong and she's lost her conscience in a way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, presumably she knows that she's having backlash. So if she doesn't learn from it, then yeah, for all reasons, kick her to the curb. But um, it's difficult, isn't it though? It's, you don't know how much of this show she's built from the ground herself. Yeah. So therefore, to take it all away from her is uh, tough. But also, she deserves it. It's. Uh, I think it's a difficult. It's. It is, yeah. No, I. I agree. I think it is a difficult one and one that requires conversation and communication. But um, I don't think she should be let go. Has Ellen said anything though? Like, has Ellen spoken out? I don't. From what I've seen, I haven't seen any like statements about her. I think right. she's sort of like been very cautious. I think she's been very careful about what she says and what she doesn't say. Um, so yeah, but yeah. I mean, I guess how- maybe the way to answer the question is to see her viewpoint on it and then react from her reaction if she's not apologetic or not shows no signs of remorse then she's clearly a psychopath um hi hi. i'm a psychopath hi my name's wayne carter and i am a psychopath um (laughs) speaking of other psychopaths uh john waters um has maybe sparked a little bit of controversy because he has come out recently, he was at this uh, press conference for, um, uh, I think it was a movie, I can't remember now, I have to have a look, but um, it, he he sparked some controversy because he said gay people can't do something, and I'm right. going to ask you this question, because I can't do it. And okay. It, so, like, I was, when I read this article, when it said, like, John Waters said gays can't do this, I was like, oh my god, I can't do this. I honestly don't what it is so um john waters what? has come out and said that gays can't whistle 
I mean, that's definitely 100% not true. Can you whistle? I cannot, but... (laughs) (laughs) So so the reason he's come out and said that is because uh, Oscar Wilde, during the time that Oscar Wilde was around, there was that sort of rumour that was like, going around that were people like oh the gay like you know he's a gay when he can't whistle and you can't whistle i can't i can't whistle i try a lot of the time i literally walk around and i'm like i can yeah whistle in a little bit but i don't know how to do it out i could be like wait no that's (laughs) did you hear that wow yeah, this a is some, bit. This... There. <laughs> <laughs> my microphone's there. That's why I keep going over there. No, you do you, babe. Where's your partner over there? That's great. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so uh, oh, we've run out of time. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah. Is there more? Damn, I was really enjoying myself. <laughs> well, well, what we can do is um, we can end the show here, and then we can talk for some more about your feelings and thoughts. I know, like. For no one else, just for us. <laughs> just um, that was uh, so. That was driving you homo. The radio show podcast, YouTube Extravaganza, where we delve into everything within the queer scene that you need to hear. As always, I'm Wayne Carter, cabaretless comedian, radio presenter, and all around shambles. And I can be found at one Wayne Carter. You can also follow Driving You Homo at Driving You Homo. You can subscribe to our Patreon. You can like, favorite, rate, and subscribe. And you can also follow Dig Day at. Dick Day Drag Hag. There we go. She did I'm it. Like basically everything. Dick Day Drag Hag. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you want to plug or want to promote before we go? No, great. Uh, excellent. Bye. No. <laughs> I guess just like take a look at my stuff. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, me and my boyfriend do have a it's not a podcast anymore but it's more of a video thing called sexy psychics if you like joan and jerica by julia davis etc you'll like this it's very a bit dark and gritty and silly um but yeah we have a few podcasts of that on spotify um we have currently one video on youtube and it's taken me about a month to edit the second one because i keep actually avoiding it so wonderful really a plug more of a delicate <laughs> sink <laughs> i well i support your delicate sink uh, as always um i love you gal and uh talk soon bye yeah.